We all give me what a title. It's called the beautiful encounter. The beautiful encounter. The beautiful encounter. And our anchor text will be Acts three verses one to ten. Acts chapter three verses one to ten. It says one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Verse 2. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gates called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those that were going into the temple courts. So when they saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. And Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Then he went into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gates called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. Amen. How many of us have heard this story before? I have not heard this story before. Amen. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, this is a story of a man who, like we were told, was born lame. Like, he never walked in his life. And we all know when you give it to a child, the child will learn how to crawl, he will learn how to walk. Stumble and then eventually start to walk, run, jump, and do other things on his feet. So, this man was never walked in his life. He was born that way, lame, carried to the gate every day, encountered John, asked for one thing, got something else, and we saw how his story changed. And so, look at this in three sub topics. The first is the encounter. Sorry, the first is the place, the, the, the location. The second is the encounter. And the third is the aftermath. The place, the encounter, and the aftermath. From verse 1 and 2, we, we very much can cover the place. The place is a place of prayer, it's a temple. People went there to pray every day. But this man went there to do what? To make. So, just because a place of just because a place is a place of prayer, doesn't people come there for the same reasons? He didn't go there to pray. He said he was carried there every day 
to go beg. But that same place I was taken to, people went there every day to go pray. In fact, he said, I said, said it was three in the afternoon, a time of prayer. So it was like a ritual thing. People came 3 p.m. every day to pray. And the guy had known the time himself, okay? This time where we flow, where I foot for, very much myself. So today, and I get more money. So that's a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very strategic, my place at that place. But again, the same place where people actually went for one thing, he went there for something else. Just because we are coming to the house of God, doesn't mean we are here for the same thing. You can be in a place with someone else, and you are looking for different things. Second of all, the temple, as we by theology, theology and we see by reference by other texts of the Bible, where it says, if you're coming from the east gate, you leave from the ah, I will study. If you come to the east gate, you leave from the west. Yeah, as you come from the west, you leave from the east. Now don't come out the same way you are. So what we say, what we say, that we like, don't come the same way, don't go the same way you have come. It's also, it's also, it's also like literal as well. Like, don't, like, if you come this way, don't go by that same gate. You have to go to that gate. So the temple had multiple gates. That's what I'm going to. The temple had multiple gates in which you access the courts. But there was this one gate called Beautiful. My guy, very sharp. So they don't take him to any other gates. But the beautiful one. Why? What everybody wants to go to the, go to the beautiful gates to enter God's presence. So it's very strategic, as I said. But then it's so sad because everything about this situation was was everything but beautiful. People came well dressed. People came expecting good, good, I'm going to God's presence to go pray. People were coming to the gates called beautiful. When you, I mean, even like psychologically, like we said, like why, why the cock puts cock in front? Because they're training your head, your brain. When you hear it gets beautiful, 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 you will not dress anyhow to go to church with beautiful gate. You will dress, you wear your, your beautiful dress as well. I want to be beautiful. I want to actually be beautiful. I'm coming through the beautiful gate. Oh, meet, meet me up at the beautiful gate. Like it's a thing that you want to go with as, as a temple. This man came there every day coming to beg because the situation was anything but beautiful. And it was a daily reminder. It was, imagine it was because he gets here, you'll be hearing beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But everything about him was not beautiful. And so the irony of the situation was also a very painful one. Because he was coming there to beg and it was seen a beautiful thing. But his situation, his life at that time was anything but beautiful. So that's the place we established it. And this place was, again, beautiful gates. I entered the temple court, so we went to pray. But he came for something else. Came to beg, and everything about his life was anything but beautiful. So that's the setup, that's the place. Then we go to the encounter from verse 3 to 7. So, again, I mean, this man has been doing this every day, celebrating there every day. So it's not like well, it's, it's a, it was a one off chance, he came there every day. And on this first black faithful day, Peter and John were going to pray. It was 3 p.m., time for prayer, go to the temple. Go to the beautiful gate. And he saw them. And he did what he would do for every other person. There was no professional treatment here. It was, it was like, oh, you are Peter and John. So, no, it was like, I will ask you what I've asked everybody that came before you. Can you give me money? And we are, and so let's practice say, let's practice where it says, 
when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Give me money. And so in that situation, you know that this is the best that can happen to me. I'm here a beautiful guest. I'm there to beg with money I will get. And so he asked them for money. But then they called his attention. Like when they saw them, they saw him. He asked them for money. I mean, you ask, you ask from somebody. When you say I asked for money, it means that I already have your attention somewhat. So it was very strange when Peter then said, look at us. And I think that's, again, when we say like, because all of us, all of us have come from one thing, all of us come to the same place, doesn't mean we have the same thing. Just because he was looking at Peter and asking for money, doesn't, when Peter said, look at us, Peter was not saying like, Continue to do what I've been doing. It was expecting something different, a defense like, we're like, look at us. And yes, I'm looking at you, I, I just asked you for money. But we're like, look at us. It means like, there's a looking that is like, okay, I want some money from you. But there's a looking that come, listen to what I'm about to say. And I, I, I don't even if you are praying to you, you don't know, I've seen that where you have to pay your child. Like, <laughs> yeah. I heard it like, yes, I'm here, I'm here. yeah, but. Here, like because the fact I'm looking at you, but their head or their mind is somewhere else. So it's like, come, like this is not like money, next money. Mm-mm. Like focus on me right now. Forget that I'm moving on to the next person to ask for something. Focus, look at us. And he said, okay, the man gave him his attention, which is actually funny. So he was looking at them, but what they actually what they required was not his gaze, was his attention. And said, the man said, okay, yes. Here is my attention. I said he was expecting something from them. What did he ask for? Money. He said, look at us. He said, okay, I'm looking at you. What was he expecting still? Money. So he was expecting for money. But John had to say, guy, it's like, we're not on the same wavelength here. And so let me dissuade you of any expect- any wrong expectations. Silver and gold. I don't have. Now, let's be real with ourselves. If you're looking for someone for money, as one told you that, what you just say, okay, move next, next person. Because I mean, the expectation has been, I mean, if you guys look at us, you wanted money, and he says, I don't have money. See what I would have none. But thank God, Peter went on. He says, see what I would I do not have, but what I have, I give you. Now, Let's be honest as well. If someone said that as well, you would come back and say, okay, what is this thing going on that you, that, you are, that you want to give me that is not gold, that is not silver? And then God, when he calls us to salvation, to work with him and all, many of us have come pre-programmed what we expect of God. God, I want this. I want a good life. I want money. I want good health. I want wife and all. And God is saying, yes, I mean, all this is all good, but I will, that's, I, mean, I want to give you something, but I want you to take, I want to take your, I want to reprogram you. I want to take your, take your mind away from those things first, and just focus on me. And so, they told me, uh, Peter, Peter told him, he was like, "See what I'm good, I don't have, but what I have, I give to you." And so that there was a need to actually again have a, a mind shift in terms of like expectations. And he said, maybe he said that. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. 
And so what Peter had to give to him was healing. But what he was expecting was money. And so there had to be a shift. Because you can't receive healing with a it's like a socket. If you're you're not you can't you can't plug it in, it just keeps missing. So you have like no get ready for something other than money. Because Peter could have just said, in general, work. But the guy's his mind, his faith, his being, his state was not one that was willing to receive healing. He was there to receive money. He asked them for money. He come there every day to beg. So he was that was his state. But that way, there had to be a shift that said, no. See what I'm good at expecting, I don't have. But what I have, I will give to you. And so now I'm going to proclaim that which I have, which is healing, to say work. And so he said work. Uh, but he went a step further. Not only did he just say proclaim work, he said the word. Peter took him by the right hand, helped him up, and said instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Many of us as well. Man, I just stopped at the work. What is that? What is that easy to say? Like, you said the word. But to carry a full grown man who is on the floor and get him on his feet takes effort. And the Bible says, faith without works. He's dead. We can evangelize and say, God bless you, God heal you. You say, if a man comes to me in your house and say, I'm hungry, and you pray for him, and you send him away hungry, and you have food in your house. That's, that's wickedness. That's just that's sin. That's, that's the idea. And so, it, Peter saying, Walk. And say, ah, I'm going to get a beautiful. I don't want to ruffle my, I don't want to ruffle my, my clothes after I've to God's presence. I've said, I've done my own at work. Yeah, you sort yourself out. That would, the man was like, ah, work, how? <laughs> I, I was born this way. I've never learned how to work. And I just tell him, work. You, you, you don't tell your child to work, just work. <laughs> like you're you finding good spaces. And so, Peter, what Peter did for him by holding him by the right hand and bringing him over, taking through all those phases that he did not go through as a child growing up. You had to stand for your work. So Peter held him by the right hand, got him to his feet, and then immediately, in fact, it was after, after you had done that, that he said immediately his bones and his ankles became strong. It was not at the work that, that happened, it was at the helping, at the getting him on his feet that that work manifested. And so we can afford as believers as well, like I said, to just stop at our words. We have to back it up with action. We have to take people up by the right hand and can help them up. Because that isn't that that their faith comes alive. Um, so that was the encounter. The encounter was expecting something, needing to be needed to have the expectation be set to receive something else. But also after the proclamation, going beyond words to actually helping someone on their feet. It's like a battery as well, like about a battery. When you want to jump start a battery, you just go to the battery and say battery start. Like you charge, you plug the battery to another battery. So that way Peter was just passing his own faith through him and say, come, work. And so you see the place of laying of hands in the, in the ministry. 
of transfer of energy or power through one press one vessel to the other. Now I'm not saying that the guy could have worked by just proclamation. God after all, God created the world without touching anything. He said there be light and there was light. But when he went and created man, he didn't say let it be man. <laughs> he went on his knees and molded man as clay. So there's a place for proclamation, but let, let, let that not be the end. Let that be go beyond words. Um, and job starts people's work. And so that was the encounter. And then we'll close up with the aftermath. So what happened? After all, the man has been told to walk. Someone has helped him up, up his yeah, and his feet, exactly his ankles and his feet became strong. What did he do next? Verse 8 to 10. He said he jumped on his feet and began to walk. Now, again, let's be real. Won't you be afraid to? Someone just said you walked, and the first thing you did was jump. I was like, ah, first of all, like, this guy did a baby scout. Like, he just, he can't break his leg, he just got new leg, and you, and you jumped. On new legs, what if you, I mean, if you landed in a funny way, your ankle <laughs> broke again. But he said he jumped and started to walk. And what just came to my mind that was like, he got a new car and it took it for a spin. Like, he, he, you know, when you, when you buy a car, like, you read, you do vroom, vroom, vroom. You see, you take the car, uh, maybe, maybe just me. But you, you, <laughs> you, you get the car to see how far the, this, the, 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 the rep can go. You push it to the limits, you see, like, but many of us are like, ah, new car. Ah, no, 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 no. My wife would say, I'm not going to drive on this narrow road, so nobody's scratching, scratching my car. Like, ah, you park your car on the road like this. So, ah, it's a new car now. But the guy took it for a spin, he read the engine. Well, he was not shy of God's blessing, he wasn't, he wasn't like, ah, brand new leg. Ah, you know, when one of us became men, when you buy new sneakers in school, you're walking like this. Because <laughs> you don't want to. Put any crease <laughs> on the shoe. So walking, walking this, walking, walking this way. But like, no, it wasn't shy with God's blessing. It was, it was, it was, it was and that's the form. It's from a testimony. Cause you could have like, ah, you like before my enemies would come and come say, and then they just mm, pack my mats. Thank you very much for the good leg. I'll see you later. How many of us do that? God blesses us and uh, just. Like that nothing ever happened. Like that had not worked before. God gave you that kind of matter of blessing, and you're like, hmm, just keep it cool, keep it cool, just keep it going. I mean, what did God say? Said I sent ten, but not ten lepers. Yeah. Only one came back to give thanks. The other people just went, ah, just keep it cool, just keep it cool. God has healed us. Yeah, bless us. Let's go home. Let's keep right there. Maybe they had like family meeting, just go to the family. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. One came back and thanked him. Uh, and so the place of gratitude, how do we express the what's the aftermath when we are actually expressing a peaceful encounter? Do we just hush hush or do we actually like take it for a spin? Do we actually are we not are we shy of God's blessing? And not only did he just like stand up, jump, and walk, he went into the temple. For the first time, he could relate. For the first time, you could say, ah, I'm worthy. I have him beautiful. I am beautiful enough to go through these gates. Now, I don't know if they blocked him or stopped him from going to the temple as a, as a lame person. It is possible they have some, some uh, requirements, like you have to have the hole and everything. 
But he just went in. He finally was able to enter the temple courts. He was worthy. And when he got there, he didn't just blend in. He kept jumping. He kept walking. And said he was praising God. I mean, many of us, again, like, like you know, when we are in a, in a church setting and all, like, we just like, ah, I want to just, again, just be myself and all. Yeah. Blend in. Because you could have just like, I mean, the crowd, there was a multitude. And I was able to walk. So it won't stand out. Everybody was walking there. He was lame while he was there. You know, I've seen him like, oh, that's a lame guy. But he came in walking and jumping at everybody else. But he just kept praising God. He kept praising God. That to the extent that people actually saw him. We said that in verse 10. He said they recognized him. They were like, ah, who is this person? Is this not, is this not the man that sits begging at the temple gate called Beautiful? I'm like, no, but why did they mention the name of the gate again the second time in verse 10? When they mentioned it the first time. Because I just like skipped it and said, it's not the man that we see begging at the gate. But it said called beautiful. Meaning that, wait, it's not the man that is not beautiful that says that the gate called beautiful. It's not the man that begs. But something different are being different now. It said now they had gone from seeing him as the beggar, the one who they sympathize and empathize with, the one who they feel sorry for. It said now they were filled with wonder and amazement of what had happened to him. So he had gone from someone who was like, ah, this guy the beggar at the temple. So they, they knew him. He was a very known person. They recognized him. But he saw that situation had turned around. He had encountered, he had gotten the beautiful encounters that now filled them up with amazement and wonder. And so he got in there. He them in a new light. He saw the effect. The effect they were filled with wonder and amazement of what happened to him. Because before it was pity, it was remorse. It was like, ah. We are going to beautiful ghetto. They have two euro. There's this guy that went to meet there. That I have to give. He's always, always there. So they, I mean, people are looking at them. They present their offering at home. Like, ah, oh, okay, this guy. I, I know what it's about. About the Pharisees and the and the one this and the sorry of the Samaritan and the Pharisee. I'm sorry, the wounded person. So I'm going to the temple. They crossed the road. <laughs> the temple and all. So they already walked that into the arrangement. I said, ah, two minutes at this guy. This guy will just be there causing nuisance. Then they go to so the point of someone has gone from that person of being a pity of remorse or, or even sometimes with disdain to someone who made them filled with wonder and amazement because they had gotten the beautiful experience. And so in summary, let's not, not forget that the place that we come to, the, the, let's not forget the purpose of what we come to a place. Um, and sometimes again we might be might feel sad like I'm in God's presence, why am I feeling sad? I'm in God's presence, why am I feeling this way? Like yes, it's it's possible to go to a place called beautiful and things are not beautiful and meant for you. It is very possible as we've seen here. But God doesn't want that to be the case. It's not going to be that that's just a, 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 a temporary thing. I mean this man was for most of his life he was able to walk now, he was able to do all the things that he wanted to do. And so, as we come into God's presence on a daily basis, so they went to pray every day. As we come into God's presence, even though the things don't match up, like, ah, God tells us it's full of joy, but not, not joyful right now. But like, let's have that daily reminder that, yes, things might not be, but again, the name is different. We said that the house of God is a, um, 
the refuge. He said the righteous runs into it and they are saved. So just come. I mean, if everything was perfect, there would be no need to come. So we just come as we are because again, we are expecting an encounter. But as we do so, let us not preset how God will move. Don't say, God, I want money. God, I want X, I want Y. No, just listen to God, what is that you have for me? Because God knows that my, my thoughts for you are good and not evil to get you to that expected end. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So let us limit God to what you want to receive. God knows what we need. He said he will supply our needs according to his riches and glory. So let us just again tell God, I'm here, I need help. I want to tell us to focus, let us focus on, let us stay steadfast, let us stay trusting and holding firm because he has the best for us in our heart, heart. And when he does bless us, let us be a testimony. Let us acknowledge him, let us give him praise. Let's continue to walk and jump and praise him because in doing so, we fill people around us with amazement. And that might just be the, the boost that I need as well to focus on God and also experience their own beautiful encounter. Let's buy it up and say, God, give me, I want to experience, I want to have that beautiful encounter, oh Lord. Per adventure, I've been going to the wrong place. Per adventure, I'm even at the right place but with the wrong mindset. By adventure, you're saying, telling me to look on you and I'm focused on the wrong things, expecting the wrong things. God, I want a correction, Lord. I want to have an encounter, Lord, where you reset me to say, look at it, look at me. So that my expectations are, are aligned to yours, Lord, so I can receive, oh Lord. Give me the grace to receive the help as well, to get on my feet. Because it might not be easy, it might not be that much I'm used to. I'm familiar with you, Lord. But you say you, you say your mighty right hand helps those who Lord need salvation. I don't need saving. And so we just pray that like, give me the grace to receive and accept that help, oh Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the book not just stop with the, with the encounter, oh Lord. Let the aftermath be one that glorifies your name, oh Lord. That is not shy of the gospel, that is not shy of, the, of testifying of your goodness, oh Lord, to those around, oh Lord. That we will spark even more and more beautiful encounters, O oh Lord. Let us also pray, O oh Lord, because many of us will be in the in the in the feet in the in the shoes of, of Paul and and and, uh, and John, Peter and John as well. I say, God, give us grace to to be sensitive to those around us who you have called us to offer that beautiful encounter to. Because there's someone in your life, as yes, we are expecting a beautiful encounter. But God also wants you as a, as a vessel. To bring about our encounter to others around us as well. Say, so God, give me the grace to be sensitive to those around me who need that beautiful encounter. It might not be like, again, be overwhelmed by my own issues that I don't see those around me that I'm to be a solution to their own issues, oh Lord. Give me the grace, oh Lord, to, to offer the right and the right help, oh Lord. Because Peter and Uncle easily said, Yes, we have money, we have gold. Here, here you go. But they will, not, they will not actually be fixing what they need to fix. As you're going to begin to extend the right help, oh Lord, and to also help get people on their feet. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's not convenient, can get, give, them the, give them the strength to get people on their feet in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Father, for those prayers, O Lord. We pray, O Lord, we shall again have testimonies, O Lord, in the back of this, O Lord, to show your faithfulness, O Lord. And we pray, O Lord, our lives will be transformed, O Lord. We don't want to go back the same way we've come. Uh, but that will be our portion, O Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for those prayers, for Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen.